Hello, welcome back to the Beautiful Mess Podcast. I am your host, Nash, and welcome to the new year. It is 2024. I am excited. I hope everyone had a great end to their 2023. And if not, that's okay because we are here with a fresh start. And remember, as I always say, our God is a redeemer, He is good. Now, as we start this new year, I thought it would be a great idea for our first episode of 2024 to go over some habits, some holy habits that you should pray on and take with you into this new year. And I promise you that once you start to implement these habits, your life will change for the better. Anything that you're doing to strengthen your relationship with God and your faith is going to change your life. And if you don't know where to start or things have been feeling lukewarm and kind of bleh lately and even if this is just a reminder to get back on it that's the point today so our anchor scripture is ephesians 4 23 which says instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitude another version of the scripture in the mev version states it like this and be renewed in the spirit of your mind definitely I am that person that is, let's start on Monday, New Year's resolutions. Like, I'm very pumped about a fresh start. I just like the idea of of beginnings, of new opportunities. And I make New Year's goals and resolutions, and I do the vision board. I love all of that. But I've come now to kind of have more of a balance and bring more discipline behind this because it's a lot of motivation for the fresh start but sometimes I make excuses or I wait on a new beginning period to start certain things that I want to do so I'm now trying to discipline myself to make sure that I don't limit myself to waiting on making changes or using it as an excuse to delay starting any goals. So I'm working on having a healthy balance of motivation and action because it's very easy to say that you want to do this and say that you're going to do that, but you have to put the action behind it. So today, as I mentioned, we are going to discuss some biblical holy habits to take with you and work on in this new year, which is going to help you grow in your faith and grow closer with God. The habits that I'm going to present to you are things that I'm also going to be working on right alongside with you this year. So we can definitely discuss during the year, kind of check in with each other, keep each other accountable. We can do episodes on things more in depth, obviously. And yeah, let's just keep each other accountable this year. Uh, Of course, you know, make sure that you get with God and pray on any other habits that he would like you to work on in this new year. And with that in mind, Let's get started. Let's just jump right into it. I'm excited to be recording again because I did take a little bit of a break for the holidays. I didn't want to overwhelm myself too much and I wanted to make sure that I was taking the end of the year to rest, to celebrate with family, to just kind of recharge myself to start this new year and have, you know, that motivation and action ready to go and not come, not start the year from a place of burnout. So definitely excited to be back. Now, habit number one is to start taking care of yourself. Not in the selfish way to be focused on yourself only or to idolize yourself, but in the Bible, we are called to honor our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. This year, if you're not doing so already, you should definitely build on the habit of prioritizing your health. You know, that is a very general term that I'll break down a little bit (laughs) more, but we, we need to prioritize our health and make sure that, you know, we steward our bodies as the blessing that they are to have healthy bodies. Our supporting scripture for this habit is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20, which states, you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And the a few verses later in the same book and chapter, 1 Corinthians 6 29, what do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, and that you are not your own. With that in mind, our life is not our own anymore, so we need to take care of ourselves as the gift of God that we are and make sure that we're not kind of taking advantage of having a healthy body, of of being alive. You know, there are things that we need to do in our own action to support the fruition of health and healing and all these things that God has for us 
by the blood of Jesus <laughs> and what happened on the cross. So the first part of health that I wanted to touch on is physical health. And I know at the top of the year, everybody's like, I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthier. But we're going to do this in a different approach. We are going to kind of go back to the roots with God. And I'm very keen on, you know, like the natural approach to health and healing and using food as medicine, reading, researching, finding the root causes of problems, and not just looking towards medicine as a band-aid. I definitely think that God blessed us with medicine and science, but it also shouldn't be, I don't know, like, I feel like nowadays it's more of a band-aid approach of let's address the symptoms and not what's causing the symptoms. I'm reading a book by Dr. Mark Hyman called Young Forever, where he touches on the fact that in our medical system now, it, you could have an array of symptoms that are all stemmed from one reason, but the way that our medical system is structured, each, you will have to see a specialist for each different symptom. For example, gut health or headaches or whatever you'd see a specialist for your gut for your mind like for your neuro for your mind for your skin you'd see all these separate specialists that's gonna prescribe you separate approaches and medicines when it is all from the same root cause so i am looking into more functional medicine natural medicine this year because there's some things that i am ready to be healed from like my celiac i just there's so many things with my health that are very symptomatic and it may seem like there's a lot of stuff going on but i know the root causes that i have an imbalanced gut i have a leaky gut and once i heal my gut all these other symptoms are gonna work and heal themselves because god has blessed us with a body that is smart like he created us there are healing systems in us that we need to be activating by proper food proper movement which is a part of that physical health portion that i'm bringing up so if you haven't read the book young forever i'm literally only on chapter two and i've already learned so much so i would definitely recommend i can leave any resources that i'm going to talk about um, in the show notes, definitely I would recommend checking that out. And I'll share more resources as I'm learning more throughout this year as well. So yes, physical health, make sure you eat fueling foods 90% of the time. And of course, we want to enjoy life so you can have fun foods about 10%. Even 80-20 works, you know, ask God for you. Because again, he created food as medicine and the food that you put in your body is either healing you or hurting you, which leads to a whole plethora of issues. And I did touch on the gut, you know, our gut is considered the second brain and a lot of sickness and disease starts from an imbalanced gut. I'm currently on the gut healing journey myself, as I mentioned, and I am going to be posting a series on my YouTube channel about it. So if you want to, you know, check on that, you can check out my YouTube channel, which will be down below. And I'm also down to do a whole episode about it here, about my journey and my plan and anything that I learned. But definitely physical health needs to be at the forefront because it's funny. Like the first thing that comes to mind is sitting at a table. You could, okay, I understand it because I know that a lot of people think it's very expensive to eat healthy. But when you're just eating whole foods, like fruits, veggies, meat, grains, like the natural stuff, it's not really that expensive. And obviously it also depends where you're shopping, but it comes to mind of like, you know, you pray before you eat. How are you praying over a plate of fried food, asking God for it to nourish your body when it's full of chemicals, processed additives, all of these artificial things that are man-made, not God-made, all these chemicals. Like, no, you have to do your part to look into what you're eating, research ingredients. There's so many apps. I, I use a Yuka app that will tell you the rating of the food based on any additives and the ingredients, how healthy it actually is. And I myself love marketing and advertising and all that stuff, but it can be misleading into thinking it's called greenwashing where products are marketed to be healthier than they actually are. So always look at that, that ingredients label, do your research, advocate for yourself because we are called to take care of these bodies. It's not our own. God has given us this as a blessing to steward. And are you stewarding it well or are you just kind of doing whatever? <laughs> um, I would say some practical tips for prioritizing your physical health this year would be eating more clean, healthy foods about a majority of the time. 
also regularly exercising in a way that's beneficial for you. So that doesn't have to be going to the gym seven days a week weightlifting. You can bring a variety of it. Go hiking, go biking, go learn a new sport, go to the gym two times a week, like create a balance and a variety of different activities. So number one, your body doesn't get used to the same kind of movements. And number two, you are not getting bored. (laughs) You don't want to be bored and dread going to move your body because there's so many benefits to movement, the hormones that it and chemicals that it produces for your body to make you feel good, help activate those healing properties inside of you. It's it's all, you know, God is perfect. He has it all laid out for us. He has given us the ingredients for how to live healthy, healed and whole lives. And we just got to do our part to put the ingredients together and bake the cake, boo. So, yeah, you know, manage your stress prioritize rest, proper rest, sleeping, making time to slow down. That's a part of your health as well. Proper breathing, um, supplementing where your diet might not be meeting certain areas, like if you're low in iron, magnesium, you know, supplementing with caution. I would always consult a doctor or do your own research before you start doing things. I always see different, you know, I'm open to trying things that are going to help me and heal my body and be natural, but I always research because I don't want to take something and get worse or, you know. So that is the physical health portion. The next, and we're still on habit number one, you know, there are layers. We are peeling back the layers. I'm giving you as much information as I can that's not overwhelming, but also enough to give you that starting point. So the second portion of our health that we should take care of is our spiritual slash mental health. And I decided to put these two in the same category because I have experienced and truly believe that they have an effect on one another, obviously. I've noticed for me that when I'm not disciplined in my faith and I'm not spending as much time with God or not spending as much time in the word, my mental health is a wreck. And the tune of my flesh is way louder than my spirit is when it's not being crucified in daily encounters. And on the flip side, when I am engaged with God daily, I feel more at peace, I feel calmer, level-headed, brave, strong, and it's all glory to God for providing through the Holy Spirit within me. Cultivating your mental health could look like setting boundaries, resting in God's peace, daily affirmations, learning when you should say yes or no, not filling up your plate too much. And a lot of these are similar to a point that I'm going to discuss in a later habit. But I always say this, all of my points, and it's so funny because the realization comes to me in the moment as I'm speaking, but when I spend time to study what I'm going to talk about before I record, it all feels separate. And then when I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, all these points kind of connect and they're all together. So glory to God. That's the Holy Spirit giving me this information. Moving on to habit number two, have daily encounters with Jesus. This habit may take the most discipline to cultivate, but it's definitely the most beneficial habit on the list. And once you've got this habit down, everything else will start to fall in place. Some scriptures to back up this daily encounter with Jesus habit. First, my anchor scripture, my life scripture, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Two other scriptures that support this, Isaiah 26 verse 9 says, In the night I search for you, in the morning I earnestly seek you. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. And Isaiah 50 verse 4, The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. So how do we have daily encounters? What does that look like? What does it mean? First thing I would say is to establish a private place slash time to meet with God. A lot of people do prayer closets, which I used to have one when I lived with my mom in our first apartment. Um, So that was great. I would post prayers on the wall like I had my space. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole room or a whole closet. If you have that, that's great because that's even more privacy, easier to kind of get the distractions out. But it could even look like just a spot where you meet with God one-on-one, no distractions. It could be your closet, your office, that spot on the sofa, your seat, like your corner on the sofa, a seat at the dining table, wherever you want. The point is that it's going to be time alone with no distractions for you to meet privately with the Lord, meet in the secret place. And if you are kind of stuck on where this should be, 
ask God. God is here to help with the big things and even with the little things of like, God, where show me, reveal to me a place in my home that I can meet with you to have this daily encounter that it could be our spot, you know? It's so cute, our spot. Um, Another thing is to make sure in your daily encounter time that you're giving God your undivided attention. This will help to deepen your intimacy with the Lord, to be still and seek Him in a quiet space. He will meet you and you will learn more of His character the more time you spend with Him. And this is how we pour into our personal relationship with God in a big way. No one else can do this part for you. It's just you and the Creator, you and God. When you seek Him, the Lord will meet you there. It says that in the Bible, He will meet you and, you know, make it fun. Like, play your favorite worship music. You can even have variety in your daily encounters. There could be some mornings where you journal. There could be some mornings where you read a chapter of the Bible and write notes and just meditate on the scripture. Another morning you could worship and just have a worship session with him. You can just have a morning where you pray out loud and just talk to the Lord. Sometimes a daily encounter could be sitting still and quiet and waiting to hear on God. And it doesn't have to be a whole three hours of your morning. Like whatever time you can give, God will take definitely. And of course, that should be a priority, which is why I recommend a daily encounter in the morning to start your day off because it's just going to set the tone for the rest of the day. And it, it really does change the way that, at least for me, when I spend time with God in the start of my day, sacrificing 20 more minutes of sleep just making sure that I can get myself filled up with God it really affects how I go forward with my day and how I approach certain things how my thoughts are it's just a great way to start the day get a cup of coffee get a your matcha your juice like make it something to look forward to that you meet with God in the morning you have that coffee that matcha with him that drink in the morning you know do you think chicken wing? Um, another thing that's important in this habit is to stay consistent. This is a daily habit that I promise will change your life. And as I mentioned, the days that I've spent with God in the morning versus the days that I don't are a huge difference in how I carry myself and approach the day ahead. When I'm not prioritizing my time with God on a daily basis, it, feel, it feels like my flesh is louder. And if you don't let the Lord fill you up each day, something else will. It'll be just the things of the world, distractions, anything else that's not filling you up from, that's not from God is not worth it. So <laughs> protect yourself at the start of the day, put on your armor, learn about God, learn who he is, spend time with him and your intimacy will deepen. If you've ever wanted to go to the next level with God, this is a habit that will be great in moving you towards that so yeah that's something i need to work on as well because i kind of been i'll have like a phase phases a period of time where i'm daily with god and i'm always talking to god throughout the day but it's more of like intentionally separating that time aside to encounter the lord um i haven't been on it as much with the holidays and i just let myself be busy but that's where this year starting in january we're going to be consistent with it and we got this guys habit number three is to watch your mouth <laughs> yes i said watch your mouth okay there is power of life and death in your tongue you need to watch your mouth this year and think about what you're speaking and make sure that you're not speaking death into things like you need to think about what you're speaking life into and what you're speaking death unto. definitely if you want to read more about the power of the tongue i would check out james chapter 3 and proverbs i have quite a few scriptures to go through that are gonna support this habit and there's so many more that i wasn't able to put here just because we'd spend the rest of the episode just talking about it which maybe i should do an episode in itself of the tongue but if that doesn't just show how important it is i don't know what will boo but seriously what you're speaking is either speaking life or death and you have the choice you have the choice of whether you're gonna speak life into a situation you're gonna speak life over your husband speak life over yourself speak life over your situation over your faith over the people in your life your job like you get to speak that into existence and I've experienced it personally as well where when I start to think negative I start to speak negative and then it's just like I'm in a spiral a downward spiral it's so hard to come back from it even like being negative towards myself about how I look about sucking at pickleball like when I start to speak them I'm 
in um, i'm agreeing with these evil spirits and that death that comes with speaking those types of things and it's no wonder that i will struggle with confidence or feeling insecure or even having a bad pickleball match because i'm in my head like that thing affects it affects you to be speaking that way especially towards yourself especially towards the people around you you can come home be negative nag complain and then you're wondering why you don't feel at rest in your home why your home is not a sanctuary you could be nagging and and speaking mean things towards your husband and then you wonder why your marriage is not secure and strong you speak these things towards yourself and you wonder why you have no confidence or why you always struggle with how you feel about yourself and how you look and it's just what you're speaking now let's touch on the scripture because god's word is it <laughs> um we have james chapter 3 verse 9 through 10 sometimes it praises our lord and father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of god and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth surely my brothers and sisters that is not right Proverbs 18 verse 21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 3 says those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. I can attest to that because there's been some times where if I just would have stayed quiet, it would have been fine. And that's also a thing too of like when you're quick to speak, when you're feeling your emotions like I've mentioned before that in these fleshly bodies and on this earth, be, just because we're giving our lives to God and we are living this life doesn't mean we're not going to experience the negative emotions that our flesh won't arise. But it's that now that we have the power from God through his spirit that lives with us to cast down negative thoughts, to crucify our flesh and not act on certain feelings, to surrender it to him. When we're not in tune with that, and we just speak the first thing that comes to mind. That's like a lot of times where people say something they don't mean to say in the heat of the moment or, you know, act in a certain way in the heat of the moment. That's where you're supposed to be slow to speak, slow to anger, control your tongue because when you say it, it's out there and it's either bringing life or it's bringing death. Another two scriptures. The first one is Proverbs 15, 4, which says gentle words are a tree of life a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit and the last one proverbs 4 24 avoid all perverse talk stay away from corrupt speech on that last one it's very important as well not only to just not be negative and be more positive and speak life but it's also the content and the quality of your words i used to swear and curse a lot when i was younger like in school and stuff and i thought it was funny and cool and everybody was doing it but that's a no-no those words bring no value towards anything that you're trying to say and if anything it just flees your fleets mm -hmm. it feeds your flesh and it feeds those angry negative evil emotions and feelings when you're speaking so vulgar um on the other side of that even if you're not necessarily saying a swear word but you are joking about sin you are speaking perverse in you know being over sexual or or just talking very dark or um what am i looking to say just anything against god like god recently had to convict me about joking about sin because um just making jokes about that's what she said like those kind of things that's also perverse talk and we're supposed to be using our words to praise god and speak life <laughs> to others and ourselves so that's that <clears throat> habit number four is to watch what you allow in i've been seeing these trends a lot on Instagram, which is like in and it's a list of stuff and then out. Like in 2024, these things are coming in and these things are going out. Watch what you allow in, into your ears, into your eyes, into your mind. This includes, of course, like music, TV shows, video games, content that you're cons consuming, atmosphere, atmospheres. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Hello? Atmospheres that you're allowing yourself to be in, people that you're surrounding yourself with. Watch what you allow in. There are so many scriptures. I will start with the scriptures first so that we can have our basis here. The first one is Matthew 6, 22 to 23. 
Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Ooh-wee. Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart above all else for it determines the courses of your life. Psalms 119 verse 37 says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word, which that in itself is a prayer. If you struggle with watching certain shows, even if you struggle with watching pornography, if you struggle with, you play video games that are very demonic and violent, your music is not glorifying God at all. It's very secular. It's very sexual. Um, evil. If you're struggling with that, to let go of those things, that could be a prayer in itself. God, help me turn my eyes, turn my ears, turn my attention from these worthless things and give me life through your word. Mm, That's good. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 27, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Proverbs 2 verse 2, Turn your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Oh, I think I have two more. First John 2.15 states, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And lastly, Isaiah 43 verse 8. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. There's definitely a shift that happens in you when you watch certain shows, listen to certain music, play certain video games. These things are subtly and honestly not so much anymore being subtle, but these things are evil and feeding your flesh and feeding the enemy's plan to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. I went back and forth between the two. I had a period when I first gave my life to God when I... Oh my gosh, hold on. Let's kind of go back. I <clears throat> I remember being in middle school. <clears throat> oh, we need a sip of water. ASMR. Creeps me out. I remember being in middle school, high school, like... <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, Like listening to certain music and looking out the window in the bus just feeling so sad like my world was sad or so hurt so emo (laughs) but again it was because all of the music I was listening to those musics those musics those songs and that music has spirits attached to it that when you're listening it's feeding that in in your flesh it's feeding that part of your flesh that wants to be overly emotional that wants to feel anger that wants to feel depression and hurt and i'm over here never been in love before but i'm hurting in my heart listening to a song like if i've just been brokenhearted and lost the love of my life like these things really do affect you and there was even a a period of time where i was reading like fan fiction on Wattpad. Oh my gosh, does anybody remember Wattpad? If you're a reader, I don't know. It was an app where you could like, people would write their own stories and you could write your own. I, I, I read like so many stories that were like romantic and it got very like spicy it was a little spicy in the stories no wonder i was struggling with lust because it didn't start off with watching pornography i was reading these things and reading these descriptions and reading these spicy stories that people were writing and it was feeding that lustfulness inside my flesh that became a bigger animal down the line but you know people that you talk with your conversations that you're having like you know you know (laughs) but yeah like that's just to go back farther but um there was even a point like after I gave my life to God being older where I first had cut out all secular music I wasn't really watching regular stuff anymore and then slowly as I started to dip my toes back in the world little it was like a song here a song there a show here a show like it came back very subtly where I still felt like I I was in control of it and that's where I messed up because that's where the enemy was like oh she thinks that she can control this and how it's gonna affect her all right all right, all right, all right. So it was very subtle, like watching certain shows, listening to a song here and there. And then it was just full blown out to where that season of lukewarmness and being in the world that I struggled with drinking and all these things, 
like I was listening to Bad Bunny and Doja Cat and watching these crazy shows and like I, I wasn't filtering the world out it was it came in little by little and then it just kind of messed up the the batter it messed it messed up the mix and that's a habit that we need to cultivate this year is filtering maybe that's what the habit should have been filter more but yeah same thing watch what you allow in filter what you're watching filter what you're listening to and that includes music conversations um filter your thoughts you know again we have these we are in these fleshly beings sometimes thoughts may come up and it's not from the enemy it's it's just our flesh we have to filter that and cast those thoughts down anything that doesn't align with the word of god filter music definitely filter tv shows video games atmospheres the people that you're around the places that you go to like if you're trying to lead a life of god you shouldn't be in the club right you shouldn't be in the club if there's a certain people a certain group of people that will kind of lead you down a certain path and like encourage you to want to drink more or they're just saying they just say yes they tell you what you want to hear those are not the people to go to <laughs> when you're trying to lead this life you know so filtering people and in, in itself like in my last episode i talked about having to let go of certain relationships you may need to do that to protect yourself from falling into the world no matter what you think, you are not strong enough in your own will to allow certain shows in, allow certain games. Oh, but I'm going to go to the bar with them. I'm just not going to drink. But you're still in the bar. You're still in the club. Like, no, no, no. It don't work like that. You have to filter it out. It's, it's in or out. Like, in the world or out. You can't just be in the middle. And, oh, I got to sneeze. <laughs> excuse me um another point to that when you're allowing yourself to let these things in of course you're feeding your flesh and you're in tune with the world and with the evil spirits that come and when you're allowing yourself to let these things in of course the enemy may not be attacking you in blatant ways and big ways because he has these little seeds that he has planted and you yourself are watering them and you're doing it all on your own so he's just gonna leave you alone if you're sinning if you're feeding your flesh if you know you're living this lifestyle against god he's just gonna let you do it and encourage you to do it and bring you people that will encourage you to do it and just it's really easy to get sucked in and for the scales to come on your eyes for your ears to be blocked and not hear and not see the truth or hear the truth or realize it until it's too late or until you're out of it which is what happened in my case the devil will plant seeds and it's up to us whether we're gonna water it with our actions or surrender to god to be destroyed and you have to understand that we are in a spiritual war we have an enemy that is after the souls of god's creation he is here to kill steal and destroy and without god this will be inevitable in your life if you try to do things in your own will or if you just outright ignore god and not not take that salvation not take his help the enemy will at some point destroy you and he is stealing your your eternity He's stealing your eternity with God because he can't have that anymore. So he doesn't have the end say. He's not the one in control of everything, but he's going to do what he can to rot in something that the Lord is trying to blossom. And of course, he's never victorious. God is the almighty. He already won, but the enemy's going to do what he can to steal people away, to steal their eternities, to steal their destinies and their purpose in the Lord and it's up to you to tune into that or not jesus came that we may have life and life in abundance according to the scripture so it may feel like you know fitting in with everyone going to the drinking the partying having that kind of community may feel more fulfilling but it's a temporary satisfaction those things fall away those things get old I experienced that. I was drinking and partying for a while, and after a, a while, it just got old, and I didn't like how I felt. I didn't feel like there was actual wholesomeness in my life or anything purposeful or, or worth. It just felt like a distraction. It's, a, it's all just a big distraction. And yes, you know, filtering all these things may lead you to a season of loneliness where you have to cut certain people out, cut things out. It may feel lonely, but that's where the God, that's where God can come in and fill you up and teach you right from wrong and bring you godly community and people that are actually going to provide life speak life into you and that you can speak life into it's just it's great once you give it to god <laughs> um 
Habit number five is to make time to rest in God. Not just rest, not just do face mask and a bubble bath and pedicure. Like that is a type of rest that you can do to take care of yourself, but that's not the only type of rest there is. And if you're only approaching your rest in that sense of like, I'm going to rest, so I'm going to have a day to play video games or I'm going to rest, I'm going to do a face mask and wash my hair. If that's the only way that you're resting, you're never going to truly feel that rest and peace that comes from God. Matthew 11 verse 28 states, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Hebrew 4, 9 says, Hebrews 4, 9 says, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Psalms 127, 2 says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. So with all of this, and this is just a few scriptures that I found on rest in itself, we should be living from a place of rest in God. And if the creator of the world needed to rest, how much more then do we? Just keep that in mind. Even Jesus, while he was on this earth, needed time to go away, have his quiet time, rest. God needed rest on the seventh day after he made the earth and made the heavens and did everything. So rest is important and rest is opposite from the culture that we live in that promotes hustle and bustle and busyness and go, go, go and sleep when you're dead and all these things that are counterintuitive and that are opposite of what the word of God says. Because when you don't take time to slow down, to be still with God, to tune in and rest and work from a place of rest and peace, you will be distracted. You won't experience the fullness of peace and rest that God has for us while we're here. We don't have to wait until we die and go to heaven to experience the fullness of God or the peace that he allows us or to be able to have that rest in him. Resting looks like slowing down, not filling up your schedule every week, learning to say no and not feeling like you're obligated to go to every social event or do everything on a day off that you haven't had time to do. Just learning to say no to overextending yourself and overextending your family. Resting looks like your daily encounters in God's presence and reading the Bible. Resting also looks like getting into nature. Honestly, even getting a few minutes of sunlight and fresh air every day does wonders for your health and well-being, and it also helps you connect with God's creation. Um, resting also looks like praying throughout the day, staying in constant communication with God, being still, having moments of quiet from the noisiness of life, from people, devices, to-dos. Honestly, if you would try sitting still for 10 minutes a day with no noises, just breathe, pray, ask the Lord to help quiet your mind. And if thoughts come, you know, acknowledge it and surrender it to God and don't stay stuck on it. Just give it to God and try to sit there in his his quietness, his stillness, his peace. Because I know once you start thinking about one thought, you go down a rabbit hole and things come up, scenarios, to-dos, you just go down a whole thing. I Literally, that happens to me the moment I wake up. If I'm not praying and talking to God, I just start thinking about crazy stuff, um, like a million things to do. If I do this, what if this happens? Out of that, like It's just it's exhausting and you need rest from that. And that comes in stillness. Resting could also look like journaling, calling unto God when you feel overwhelmed, fully trusting and surrendering all that you have going on, all that will happen, like surrendering your future, and also letting go of your past so that you can release that heavy burden that you're carrying. Once Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished, that burden of all we've been through has been paid for and and we can drop it like we don't need to carry that forward anymore and I would say you know these are just some things some examples some ways that you can if you want to do all of them awesome only a few that resonate with you okay but at the end of the day make sure that you check in with God and ask him what areas of your life he needs you to rest well you need to rest entirely but what areas he wants you to rest in and for him to show you how you can personalize your rest with him, for him to show you the ways that will truly find rest to you because we're all individual. God created us all uniquely and something that might be restful for me may not be restful for the person next to me, you know? So pray and ask God in what ways that you could personalize your rest with him. Habit number six is to learn to ask God for help. 
And by that, I mean asking God to help in the moment and before rather than asking for forgiveness after the fact or yeah, we'll, we'll jump into it. And I know it may sound silly, but this one is something, this habit is something that I've had to learn and I'm still learning how to implement on a daily basis. It's definitely been life-changing for me to pray and ask God for help before or in the struggle rather than just seeking forgiveness after the fact and then going in another circle to struggle all over again. And asking for forgiveness might not be necessarily that you made a huge mistake, but it could be like, dang God, I didn't have the best attitude about the situation. I was frustrated and I should have asked you for help because you provide help to go through these struggles. That's what I mean when I'm saying like asking for it before or in it and not after. There's definitely been a change in me where now like even earlier I was trying to make the bed and Kai, my puppy, he kept jumping on the pillows. He kept trying to ravel himself in the blanket while I was folding it and at first it was cute but he just wouldn't stop so I started to get frustrated and I just dropped the pillow I dropped the blanket I was like god I'm getting frustrated please help me crucify my flesh it is not a big deal it's not worth the energy and time for me to get mad this is small help me there's something in me sometimes which is obviously it's my flesh but like oh you want to be nasty towards me I'm done I'm not helping you I'm not gonna go above and beyond for you you want to be this way all right I'm cutting it Like, it's like an all-or-nothing mindset. So, (laughs) trying not to be as quick to that anymore. And we're working on it. When you ask God for help, and a part of this habit is, yes, build up the habit of doing it in the moment or beforehand when you know you have something coming up that you're not looking forward to. Like, for me, I have to go back to work tomorrow and start the drive and kind of go back into that. And I'm not excited for it, but I'm asking God to help change my mindset and to help me get through it, to stay awake on the drives, to have, you know, create purpose in this time. And this is how we learn to not lean on our own strength and how things can actually change, how we're able to learn to crucify our flesh beforehand or during and allow God to show up for us and work for us instead of trying to keep it all in our own hands and in our own will. We're supposed to be in constant communication with the Lord. So this is a great way. Like, God, I need you. I can't do it in my strength. I I constantly pray throughout the day, God, you're the source of my strength. You're the source of my salvation. You're the source of my joy. You're the source of my peace. Help me be godly. Help me be holy. Help me learn to handle this situation better. Help me have a heart towards my husband that is softer. Help me not get so frustrated easily. Help me be slow to speak, slow to anger, like whatever's happening in the moment. God, help me get out of bed. Help me get out of this bed so I can walk my dog at 5 a.m. when it's 40 degrees outside. Help me take care of him. Help me not dread the chores. Help me build up my home and be a good wife and steward this house that you've blessed us with this home that you've blessed us with to keep it clean to keep food in the fridge like help me do these things that honor you help me i always have a reminder on my phone that goes off every day every couple hours lord help me make decisions that honor you today god wants to help you he is willing and waiting for you to ask for help because again that's where you fully depend on god and fully lean on him and that's gonna build up your trust as you see how the lord shows up for you you're going to be able to trust him more. And it's not for him to prove himself, but it's just to show you he wants to help you. And the last habit, habit number seven, is to steward your finances in a way that honors God this year. This, you know, money itself is a touchy topic and it shouldn't be because God is the one who blesses us with wealth. Literally, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says... And I'm turning to my 2023 vision board because I still haven't done my 2024 one. It's okay. It is only the 3rd of January, so I will do it today. I just need to connect my printer. But on my vision board, which I didn't even write this in the notes, but it just... I remember that I have it here. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. God is the one that provides the opportunities for jobs. God is the provider for your provision when it comes to food in the fridge, the clothes on your back, the paycheck every two weeks. God is the one that makes that happen. So we are to steward finances as a blessing and make sure that we honor God with what he's given to us and give it back to him. Now, 
there's going to be a few points that we'll talk about, but there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that talks about money because it is a hot topic. There's so many people that they go to, like one of their first negative experiences with the church, which is something that I pray changes and I know it's going to be changing, but there's some maybe not spirit-filled churches or spirit-filled pastors that approach money in like an auction kind of way or kind of pressuring people to tithe and to give an offering and like yes it is important and we're called to do so in the bible but there's also a way to go about it that is not going to make people look away from the church and feel like the church is just money hungry and that it's just another business so let's touch on god's word about money these are just a few that i pulled and i have like eight scriptures but Literally, if you go to the Bible app and just search money, all there's anything that comes up in the Bible with the word money or about money will pop up. And it's great that if you, you know, great to look at if you need or you want to read more about it. I know there's also plans about like godly finances and stuff like that. So there's resources. And as I learn, I will share. But some of the scriptures that popped out to me as I was studying. The first one is Hebrews 13 verse 5. <laughs> Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Ever heard of more money, more problems? <laughs> it's kind of true when your money is ruling your life. When you let your money determine your happiness, your worth, your success, when you place these the trust and and your quote unquote peace in money and not in God, that's where there's a, a disbalance. That's where you are in a not in a good place when you do that. Which the next verse is gonna clarify Matthew six verse twenty four. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. First Timothy six verse seventeen states Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Trust their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Is it any clearer than that last one? Like, and I've, I've heard like in interviews, like people will ask millionaires, billionaires, like how much money would it take for you to feel secure? And it's like a billion. And then you get to the billion and it's that same feeling like, okay, now I need more. Now I need more. It's like never going to be enough to satisfy you. Based off that Ecclesiastes scripture, it's, it's true. You're never going to feel that full satisfaction because money's unreliable. You can have a period where you are banking and it could all go away in a blink of an eye, just as anything does. Like we shouldn't tie our security, our trust. We shouldn't tie that to things of the world that are temporary. We need to tie it to the creator of the world. And some points that, you know, can help you steward your finances in a way that honors God is to not depend on money. There have been times in my life where whether I was working and making money or unemployed, when I stewarded my finances to honor God and I never kind of looked at money in a way that, no, I can't say never. I, I did have to learn this, but I came to a point where I didn't look as money as the provision, as the source of my, you know, security or because of money, I have this. It's because of God, I have this. And me being willing to just give money as God calls me to and give back to his people, his community, his church, that has truly changed my life and has helped me grow financially. And I'm still, still having to work through things, of course, but tithing has definitely changed how I view money, how I view God and his provision. We are called to tithe 10% each check, no matter what. Any kind of income that you get, you give God at least 10% because we're giving God the first fruits of the harvest. We are giving God back what is rightfully his that he gave us in the first place. And that's the same thing I mentioned um, last episode about surrendering to God the dreams, the vision, the goals that he gives to you. Give it right back to him and he'll make it flourish. When he sees that you are willing to just give 
give the money back to God, to tithe, to donate, to offer, to give to people in need, when he sees that you're not attached to the money, he can do more and trust you with more because he knows that if he gives you more, you're not going to turn money hungry. You're not going to look to love on money more than you love on God or see money as your the source of provision versus God as the provider. So if you haven't tithed or you kind of iffy about giving money to your church, first root yourself in a church that you are you you find like find a home church that you're willing to invest in this way. But the Bible does call us to tithe. Malachi 3 verse 10 says says says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And where we get the 10% amount is from Deuteronomy 14.22, which says, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of the crops you harvest each year. One-tenth is 10%. So some ways that you can honor God with your finances is to tithe. Always give him your 10% every check and do that first. Don't try to calculate your bills. Make sure you have enough at the end and then tithe. Do it first because the other way is kind of like putting it on the back burner. Like if I have enough, I will. No. You need to trust that God is going to provide you with enough regardless and give him the first. I do that all the time. I even try to, which sometimes auto drafts come out and I can't control that, but For the most part, when my checks come in, first thing I do is make sure that any portion of that money is going towards my tithe first. I budget for my tithe first. That's the first thing on my list that I write down when it's time to review the bills and what am I putting towards what. I always put my tithe first. And even there was even a period of my life where I was unemployed, collecting unemployment checks, not making money, and I still tithe. And God, I've never missed a payment for a bill. I've never gone hungry. I've never not had clothes. I've never not been able to put gas in my car, pay tolls, pay my phone bill. I've never had to struggle in that way because God sees that I am trusting him and giving him my first even when my first is not a lot. So take that what you will. That's always a story that I bring up when people are struggling to understand, you know, why is there such an emphasis on the money part? Because if you don't tackle that money part with God and surrender to him, it will overcome you. And you will be serving the master of money, which is the root of all kinds of evil is when you love money more than you love God. When you look to money for security, trust, provision, instead of the creator who actually provides. Um, another way that you can honor God with your finances outside of the tithing is to, if you have any debt, work to get out of debt start saving, create a budget to not overspend and to start to pay down your debts. Um, That's something that my husband and I have as a part of our prayer board this year is to work with God to get out of debt. You know, student loans, credit cards, things like that happen. And before we can increase in our impact financially, which we really have a heart to bless others and to create things that are going to serve the community and be able to, you know, bless our church back before we can fully and truly give to those things without anything holding us back. We definitely need to work with God, which we can still do that. But to do it to the full extent that we want to, we need to get out of debt. We need to kind of straighten our finances and it's already been surrendered to God. He's still to this day has always provided for me. I've never had to miss a meal or not be able to buy groceries, not be able to put gas, not be able to keep the lights on. God has blessed me in that way. And I'm thankful because I've never been without what I need. Even if it's not everything I want, wants and needs are very different. Everything I need, the basics of life, food, water, light, you know, clothes, those things I haven't been without. I haven't had to be without it because God's blessed me with enough and he wants to overflow and overpour blessings in our lives. But we have to also get out of debt and make sure that, you know, the money that God does bring towards us is going to help us to kind of give it back to his kingdom. So that's something that I'm working on with my husband of making a plan to get out of debt this year, Um, create a budget, you know, Maybe this year is the year that you don't overspend, that you don't shop unnecessarily. You know, you don't want to be also tied to materials, materialism. You know, we came into the earth with nothing. We're leaving with nothing. So the things that you have don't necessarily matter. You know, it's not to say that things are bad or money is bad. But when you are tying these 
sources of hope, love, security, all these things that I keep saying, when you tie it to things and you tie it to money and it becomes an idol over God, that's where there's a problem. This year, we're going to tithe faithfully. We're going to tithe first. We're going to work to get out of debt. We're going to start saving, creating a budget. We're not going to overspend on stuff that doesn't matter. One thing I also like to do is if there's something that my husband and I are really wanting, I always, I pray and ask God, is this something that we can get now or can I wait on it? Is this something that I even need to get? Because I want to make sure that what I'm bringing into my life, what God is allowing me to bring into my life and providing the funds for me to bring in my life is not going to take over. Number one. Number two, if it's something like simple, like, oh, I really want a mic or I want a new accessory for my camera or my husband wants a watch or we want to buy clothes, like, I always have this thing where I'm like, if we want it enough, let's not get it now. If we want it again in like a few weeks or a couple months or it goes on sale or something like that, and we still want it, not in the moment that we're seeing it, then we really want it. And if God allows it, we'll get it. But there's a lot of times like I do this thing too in the store, which just seems simple. But sometimes the, the fact of just filling up a cart satisfies it for me. Like when we go grocery shopping, I be grabbing whatever. Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good. And at the end, and I do it at Target too when I'm buying random stuff. But at the end, I will review my cart. I always tell my mom and my husband like shopping. I'm like, we'll check it. We'll, we'll review later. We'll look at it later. <laughs> Put whatever in the cart. We'll look at it later. Before we leave the store, we review. Do we actually need this? Or is it just something that caught my eye? And I thought I wanted it, but I could, I, like, that could be something in the category that I wait on. And if I still want it in a month, in two months, then I get it. That that kind of helps me not overspend and realize, like, what's a need versus a want. So that could be something that you take into this year as you, sp- you know, start spending money or shopping, whatever. But all of these habits that we've discussed is just kind of some ways to start growing in your faith, start getting closer with God, start taking things seriously if you're wanting to live a biblically sound life. And these habits will help you change your life. And if there's anything that we can add on to the list that you want me to talk about, send me a DM at Beautiful Mess Pod. Leave me a review. Let me know because I'm open to the conversation. And there's definitely a lot more than this that we can do, but this is a great starting place to begin implementing these habits daily which is going to change our lives and as you grow with god he's going to reveal to you the next level of habits that you should do the next level of things that we need to let go of and work on and and surrender to him so it's all a process it's all a journey the great news is that with with god we get to enjoy the process it might not always be fun god disciplines those that he loves i am just coming out of a season of pruning and i'm still on that tail end because situation with my job with my health like but we're coming out we're coming out on the other side. God is a redeemer. He is faithful. He is good. And I pray that this episode has blessed you all. Thank you for tuning in. And I just want to encourage you, this year is what you're going to make of it. No matter what happens, good or bad, what you can control is how you react and how you look to God for it and from it. Are you going to stay in your faith, stay faithful, and trust God or are you going to let your situations cause you to waver and be thrown by the winds of life you know I am very excited for what 2024 is going to bring for both myself personally spiritually just with the podcast with my own things going on career-wise marriage-wise just life I'm excited for all that God has and it's a great place to continue to put your hope in the Lord because you can trust that Anything he does for you is for your good and for his glory. And Lord, we want to thank you in advance for all the blessings and the lessons that are going to be coming in this year. My pastor just did a service, which I'm going to link below. I would definitely watch. He said in the service that we have everything we need from God in this moment for this day. Take it like that. Take it day by day. Don't stress or worry about the future. Don't carry your past with you. Focus on the day at hand and know that God has given you everything you need. So if you're struggling in an area, ask God. Help. Ask God for help. And you got it like you are where you're at right now for the reason that he needs you to be for the season of the lesson that you're learning 
and for the purposes of God's kingdom. So I hope that encourages you. I hope the episode blesses you. And if you have any ideas for this year, anything you want to hear from me on the podcast, definitely let me know at Beautiful Mess Pod on Instagram and YouTube and leave a review. Make sure you add the show to your library. We are going to be going back to the weekly postings now that the holidays are over. So I'm excited. Make sure you join the journey. God bless you all. And yeah, I'm going to go forward with the day ahead. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) I always like, I feel like at the end, I kind of talk, I like ramble a little bit. I just don't know how to fully end it out. So with everything said, I pray blessings, love, lessons, everything over your 2024. I pray that the Holy Spirit guides you into the correct open doors helps you to close the right doors and that you just fully trust in god give him this year and see all that he will do for you thank you lord for speaking through me to your people and yeah in jesus name amen everybody have a great week ahead this is coming out on monday of january 8th so i'm recording it the week before it's january 3rd right now so when you're listening to this have a great day have a great week have a great month declare and decree that you will have a great day in jesus name and that it will be bars all right (laughs) okay i'm done with the rambling thank you make sure you follow subscribe like rate leave a review if this is blessing you and let's connect more on instagram all righty guys bye